Welcome home. I'm Kirsten. And I'm Graham. And this podcast is the home at class you wish you'd been offered. We're two mom who've been real life best friends for more than two decades. We're trying to create gracious homes that are welcoming, but also functional, all while dealing with real life schedules, budgets, and children. Stick with us and we'll share and show what we know, what we've learned, where we've messed up, and how to fix it. For everything we can't make up, we'll bring in the best experts we can find. You're listening to Welcome Home. On today's episode, we're breaking down the rules of engagement of female friendship. Where are the real friends hiding? How many hours does it take to make a close friend? And what are the biggest mistakes we might be making when it comes to maintaining friendships? We'll also talk about how to not creep people out, whether or not real friendships can be based solely on the love of shredded cheese, and how real friends sit at the sweatpants table. All that and more on this week's episode of Welcome Home. Welcome home, Graham. Welcome home, Kirsten. I know, I felt like we were both trying to do our funny, serious voices during our intro today. Well, we did it. Somet- we did sometimes it. I'll dive in. Well, because Kirsten, you have like four different voices you can do with your reporter voice. And so every now and then I'll try to mess with your mind by switching up my voice a little. Oh, well, thank you. Um, I realized that my head has not been in this since we started this intro because that's what it, that's what's going on is I had read shredded cheese and it never left my subconscious. Okay. This is more important. Did I tell you about my Uber driver when we were in Miami a few weekends ago? This no, was but amazing. I, I see where you got from shredded cheese to the Uber driver. <laughs> no. Okay. This had to do with messing with, messing with dialogues, right? Okay. So there we are. Harrison and I are driving along. We're in the back of an Uber and we get this lovely gentleman, right? And he's just chatting along and we're just chatting with him. And then it's a long ride. And so about, I don't know, 10, 12 minutes into the ride, he reveals that he is the voice of Hispanic McDonald's, right? And like, but he's the voice who at the end, do you know how they do in the very, very serious tone, like all kind of the the really fast disclaimers at the end of um of an ad, right? Like at the, you know, at the end of just normal ad, they'll be like, and this drug should not be is not verified by the FDA. And if you take no, because as drug, you're saying that, I was thinking about like prescription drug ads. I don't right, right. right. So are there disclaimers at the end of a at the end of a McDonald's ad? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he was I don't well, whatever it was, he is literally the voice of McDonald's. And he, and I'm so entranced by this. I'm like, I got to hear this. Right. And he looks back and he's driving. He's like, okay, everyone needs to roll up the windows. Right. And we do it. And it was the most amazing. This man modulated his voice and became like a voice that when you hear, you think is actually computer generated because how can anyone just flip their voice, talk so deep, talk so quickly and do it in Spanish. It was the, it was like, I was sitting in a performance at some wonderful, like, music hall or performance hall. It was unbelievable. That is amazing. I had a job once where I got to interview people to do voiceover work and it was oh. the coolest thing to see people come in and they had they always had really nice voices, but then they got in the studio and it was like once right. on a cold dark night. Right, right. Where did it was that a, come from? It's amazing. It's like yeah, it's like you someone was hiding in his body and he just broke it out. It was it was a really special moment. I just felt like telling you about it. Well, that's but, the, but that's what our intro made me think of is I was trying to just do what I did with my voice that that guy did. Yeah. So, cool. um, so I was watching this interview with the woman who, gosh, I don't remember her name. She's on like everything. Oh, there it is. Christine Baranski. Oh, Baranski. She's fabulous. Yeah. I love she her. Is, she, I did not know anything about her until this interview and she is fabulous. But she was talking about the Gilded Age, which I really want to see because you know I was on that Downton Abbey kick. Oh, anyway, yeah. Um, so she... Uh, she was talking about how she was so excited to do this to do this role because she was going to get to get like a voice coach. Mm. And I thought that would be amazing. I would love to. I mean, you know what else pisses me off? How come British people can do such great American accents and Americans can't do good British accents? You think that's true? I'm not 100 percent sure. The number of British actors that come over and they like are in a you know show and you're like whoa that guy's not american because they do it so well and we like have terrible fake british accents oh, like, i never thought about that yeah no no the that, english are like so good with their dialogue like how do i they- just think it would be cool to be an actor because someone would give you all of those free lessons right like it reminds me of that time in college you took shakespearean sword fighting that and you really, you really literally took a class where fighting. you learned how to do the shakespearean sword fighting and you know what my you know what i told my parents everyone i told them and see, look, who's the fool now as I sit here and talk into a microphone? I said, you know what? I'm going to be a news anchor. And so I need to learn how to speak under any condition, like sword fighting. 
<laughs> like in the middle of battle? <laughs> in the middle of a battle, I need to be able to say, thou art my... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, they offer some good classes in college. I wish I, I college like is wasted on the looked young. Into this, like they should really take my degree away. Well, I just think adult education around the world needs to expand. Like they should be teaching all. Like there aren't, there is not a, a robust enough adult education program. I, well, you know why? As someone in graduate school, because why? it cost a fortune. Oh yeah, to go to the classes. I don't know. Yeah, there are certain why. places. No, but it's it's this whole week. I feel like we've talked about this before. Like with our kids, we, you know, oh, you show a slight interest in like indoor foosball. Like, yes, I'll, I'll pay for you to do that. Like, oh, you want to like my daughter goes to yoga. knock hockey. Oh, sure. Let's find a knock hockey tutor. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like you might want to take a ukulele lesson, but like I hey, don't knock that. I paid for three years of ukulele lessons I that I've spent more money on ukulele. I think than I've ever spent on hair highlights. Yeah. So this is the point. But like so with our children, they have the slightest interest in anything and it's like oh yeah we'll send sign you up for the five-hour magic seminar and then for <laughs> us it's like oh wow i have this burning passion to learn this thing and i really would be like devoted and it's like well maybe there's like a free youtube video i can watch on it maybe. or no i was just thinking for us like ow i've got this thing in my body that's burning and we just don't even check it out <laughs> like not even talking totally. Like totally. <laughs> i have something that's actually like oh i've had this searing pain in my side but yeah you know i'm busy dry i don't have any time because i'm driving my child to his indoor knock hockey lesson <laughs> i know i know i have no time to get that checked out i'm too busy oh. I know. And thus is the problem. Well, and maybe that's one reason we're not very good at making friends, which I think is a very good segue to today's two guests that we have. We have Amy Weatherly and Jess Johnston, who we got to chat with for a while, and they are darling. They're delightful. Um, two lovely women who started an online community called Sister I Am With You, and they wrote a best-selling, literally best-selling book out there. You can't even find it. Amazon, well, I think maybe you could probably find it now if you wanted to, but um, they were... Anyway, uh, it's called I'll Be There, But I'll Be Wearing Sweatpants, Finding Unfiltered Real-Life Friendships in This Crazy Chaotic World. Yes. So this has kind of been our theme, women's friendship. We've been chatting a lot about it. And this is like a continuation, if you will. Mm -hmm. It's a love letter and how-to guide to the strange world of adult friendships. Uh, but these two women met via the magic of the internet. So tricky. But they realized, I think this is interesting. This is their little kind of background bio, um, that their conversations always ended up talking about friendships and loneliness. And you knocked me a few years ago, Kirsten. Remember when I tried to interview the lone, like, tried to get the loneliness czar from London? She never emailed me back, speaking of London. But um, they actually have appointed as part of their cabinet. It's a cabinet level position, a loneliness czar or cabinet member. Because they realized in London that there was such a huge problem with adult loneliness. Yeah, you know, it's so interesting. Hmm. It is so interesting. Like, I think streaming television may have, mm -hmm. like, ruined friendship. I have to think about this thesis a little more. But before you shout it out to the audience. Yeah, but I'm just going to work this. I'm going to work this out live. Let's work. Let's do it right now. Let's let's just, like, let's spit all this. Okay, I mean, go. I'm just Why? thinking, do you remember the days of, like, appointment television where... Yeah. Yeah, okay. it's eight thirty. I was watching Full House, so yeah, like no, I right. was known. I was parked in front of the TV. Yeah, but okay. So right. you think now we have an instant thing we can go to whenever we want to? I just well, okay. No, actually, I'm going to go back. Here's where I noticed friendships really taking a massive turn. Was I went to school? I went to an all girls Catholic school for high school, but I'd gone to the mm -hmm. public school K through eight, and so the public school was obviously like right in my neighborhood. But then when I went to this all girls school, it was like 15, it was like 25 minutes away from my house, right? With traffic. Okay. Anyway, it was like, that's a pain. And now I understand my mom worked, like it was a lot of driving for my parents. And so mm -hmm. you were kind of like always in the situation where you were sort of like, like a little bit destitute to all of your friends. Like we all were in that same situation of like, no one really lived by anyone else. So you would kind of just like, can I come over to your house for like three hours? Cause my dad has a meeting, but he'll be done at six. And it's like, sure, just come over after school. Or like, we'll all yeah. carpool together because no one's mom wants to drive us and none of us have a driver's license, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was like, we had so much fun just like, oh, none of us can get a ride. So we're gonna have to walk six blocks. We're gonna have to walk three miles or whatever it was. <laughs> we're gonna take the city bus. Yeah. And now, and then all of a sudden, like sophomore year rolled around and people started getting driver's licenses and then people started mm -hmm. getting cars. And all of a sudden people would say like, oh, I want to go to this thing. So I'll just, I'll see you later. 
And I mm. noticed because we didn't like need each other to get anywhere mm. that it kind of created this like independence. And that's kind of what I've noticed. Like whenever you have freedom and independence and individuality, it's it's great because you get exactly what you want. I can watch the show whenever I want to watch it. I can stream the workout whenever I want to stream it. But like if it's I'm in a running group and we meet at seven, then you have to be there. But then I don't have the freedom to work out when I want to work out or we're all going to watch the show at seven. Well, then we're all going to be there. But if I can just watch it whenever I want. So I think that's like a big part of the problem is now everything is so on demand in life that like okay. we don't have there's like not enough of like survivalness to it. Well, and that's how we'll, they'll talk about this on the show, but how we need to log 200 hours. And I think it's those little incremental time bits that we would spend with each other um, that, like you said, were just the routine motions of getting where you need to be going or just kind of filling space together um, that just brought about natural friendship. Yeah. Or, or like, you know what, I'm going to say the same exact thing happens as when people started to get driver's license in cars. I think the same thing happened when our kids got older, too. Like when you had preschoolers and you had to walk them to the door and wait there for them and, you know, take them everywhere. You you would have to do this stuff, you know, but then it's like, oh, our kids got older. I can drop them off for my car. You know, I don't have they can hop on the school bus. You're not as much like doing, you know, does that make sense? I also noticed how much smaller my world got once my children got older. I almost remember when my children were in preschool, I would have, you know, they had a little bit of time at preschool or whatever it was. But then I remember every afternoon I was doing weird things. Like I would take them to unique libraries that were far from my home, you know, that we had never been to before. Or we would go visit gardens in other towns or we were always doing these things, right? Because- you needed to kind of move your children around. And I, I feel like I saw a lot more back then than I do now. Well, because how many times when you did those things, did you say like, let me grab a buddy to yeah. go with me? And uh, like, right. Like, hey, let's go check this out. Right. Because we've got three hours we need to kill with these toddlers or little ones and we're right. looking for something cool. Let's just go explore this. But now I don't need that because I've got, you know, basketball practice four days a week. That's been, you know, someone's told me what to do with the kids. Right, right. And I think that was like a really good way to make friends was you were being forced to hang out. Yeah. And I kind of realized that it makes me miss the city a little bit too. You know, I don't explore as much as I used to and I'm exploring. Yeah. Yeah. Or like when you have little kids, like I don't invite friends over just to sit in my living room anymore because that seems mm. like weird. It's like, you want to come over and play? But like when we right. have kids, it was like, does your daughter want to come over and play? I'm like, we'll just let them push around, you know. Right push toys in our living room while we have a coffee, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that, that was like a real friendship building thing. Absolutely. I think so. Well, there's hope. I think you guys are going to like this interview. Um, Amy and Jess do a very good job of kind of going over some, some actual tangible steps um, we can all take to increasing friendships in our lives um, now that maybe life is a little more hectic um, and some, I think, very practical advice. We enjoyed this interview. We laughed a lot. Well, we're thrilled to have Amy Weatherly and Jess Johnson today on the podcast, the authors of I'll Be There, But I'll Be Wearing Sweatpants, Finding Unfiltered Real-Life Friendships in This Crazy Chaotic World. Welcome, Amy and Jess. Thank you so much for having oh. us. Yeah, we're Thank excited to be here. Oh, we're so thrilled to have you. And first question, are you wearing sweatpants right now? Because <laughs> Yep, I am. Awesome. <laughs> Jess says yes. I'm, I'm actually wearing... I'm, I'm actually leggings. wearing an entire sweatsuit. Sorry, Amy. I wasn't trying to undermine your leggings. Leggings are good too. They're acceptable too. Well, I had to get dressed up today because my kids had parties at school. So I had to get dressed up. So it was leggings. Well, I'm, I'm a hybrid of both of you because I'm in joggers. So I'm, I'm the United yeah. States here. Look at yeah. us. So fashionable yeah. now, but to give our listeners some background, I think this is kind of cool. You guys didn't know each other prior to this. So this actually, you have become, right. Am I correct? Amy and Jess, you had not met, you both are kind of well-known bloggers. And did you meet up through the blogosphere and your careers that way, and then developed a friendship and then co-wrote a book together. So we're talking today about adult friendships and you two really are kind of how, how to meet people in this new world that we're living in. Right. And you, you didn't grow up together like Kirsten and I did. No, we, so we, we did meet in the blogging world. Um, and I knew who Jess was and I was a big fan of hers. Like I liked the way she wrote and kind of the way she approached it. And I don't, you can tell from the book, we have similar styles for sure. Very so, similar. 
very similar. There are things that like we'll write and I'll be like, Jess, did you write this? Did I write this? I do not remember it. <laughs> <laughs> but I so we 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 vibe well. So I um I was just a I don't know what else to say. I was just a fan of her. So I slid into her DMs on Instagram <laughs> and told her I loved her work, that I was cheering for her and supporting her, and that I'd love to work together in some capacity. And anyways, luckily she responded. She didn't think I was a weirdo and she responded to me. And then we, you know, we went from Instagram to like talking on the phone. And then we started our, our page called sister. I am with you. We started that together. And then we met in real life and then the book came about. Oh, that's wonderful. And thank goodness. We still liked each other when we met in real life. Even more. We liked each other even more. You two, you strike me as as two, two friends that would be fast friends. Okay. But so our (laughs) listeners, we're in a kooky spot right now. Everyone's kind of emerging from COVID. And I think a lot of people have let friendship slide. They, we actually, it's interesting. We're kind of co-partnering this with, we have a, um, a columnist from the wall street journal coming on in our next show to talk to us about kind of this loneliness phenomenon that many women have are going through. Um, and so your book is about friendships and finding new friendships and the importance of them, but they're not easy. And I loved from your section that you did on good morning America, talking about the 200 hours phenomenon, because I'm, I'm, I love to quantify everything. I'm a numbers person. So will you go on and explain just what the 200 hours phenomenon is, I guess, for finding friends? Yeah. Um, we did some research for the book and we found this research done by Jeffrey Hall. And, um, and he says that it takes around 200 hours to grow a deep friendship. And that was just mind blowing because we really want, we want deep and close friendships just to happen overnight. Like once we realize we're lonely, we're like, okay, well, I need deep close friends tomorrow, or at least that's how I was. (laughs) That's how I was before I had really deep friendships, but it, takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of intentional investment and that doesn't need to be, that can sound super overwhelming, but it doesn't need to be. It can be as simple as, Hey, I'm running to Costco. Want to jump in with me and grab coffees on the way or a phone conversation or whatever, but it really takes intentional time to grow that depth. Whoa. I've never thought of inviting anyone grocery shopping with me. It's (gasps) the best. Oh, it is. It really is. Friends are amazing. They'll change your life. They will yeah. change your life. Grocery friends? Grocery yeah, friends, Aaron friends. I don't friends. go grocery shopping with my friend, but like Target with a friend, that is a good time. Probably not if you're a teenager, but it is a good time if you're kind of old. I think that sounds delightful. No, I actually, I went grocery shopping with my neighbor not too long ago and we had fun. And the other thing too, is I picked up a lot of, you know, I was looking at what she was buying. She was looking at what I was buying. And so it kind of got me out of my rut in general. So that was, that was a good thing. But I think you're anything, sorry, anything boring. If there's anything boring in your life, why don't you invite a friend to do it with you? And then it's that's, that's why boring. our podcast is successful. You nailed it because people fold the laundry <laughs> and they can't be with friends. So they listen to friends talk. I think, I think that is yeah. one of our, one of our selling points, right? Kirsten. Oh, hundred percent. And I'm actually thinking about it. The minute you said boring, it's funny that Graham brought up laundry because when we first moved, um, there was like a hurricane and we didn't have any power. And so I couldn't use my washer and a friend said, come over, you can wash your clothes and you can fold them on my kitchen table. And that's kind of takes all day, you know, yeah. so it was, it was a really fun way to get to know her better. Cause you know, I was new in town. So that was, yep. very, yeah, you're right. You're right. But it is what you what we kind of glossed over was just this idea of, I want close friendships. And for some reason, it's almost like admitting that feels, I don't know, like when you say that, I'm like, of course, of course. And you and Amy, you saying I slid into her DMs. It's like, okay, that's you're not a psycho. But like something about it makes us feel so vulnerable to say I want close friendships and I'm willing to send you an email and say, I'd like to get to know you (laughs) Just yeah, I I think that's because, and maybe I'm totally wrong here, but my guess is that it feels weird because I think in general we feel like like worn in friendships were part of the deal when we became an adult. Like this should just come with it. This is part of the package. Is that we will already have friends, and I think you know one of the things that we believe is we believe everybody else has friendships. We believe everybody else has good friends. Everybody else already has all this. 
And we're the only ones who are lacking it. And we're lacking it because something is wrong with us. So I think Mm -hmm. whenever you go down the things like admitting that you don't have friends feels like admitting something is wrong with you through this weird Mm -hmm. twisted like belief pattern that we have. And it's just not true. Most people are lonely. That's just the truth. Statistically, most people are lonely. Mm -hmm. So sad. Well, and you know, I'm in this whole new world now because I went back to school and between going back to school and having my three kids and doing this podcast, all of a sudden I'm not like a stay at home mom anymore. And I was right. And when I was a stay at home mom, I felt like there were some really good opportunities to make friendships because you were volunteering at certain things. You were, um, you know, doing things with your kids at home. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, the level of intentionality it takes now is twice as hard. Yeah, so, I think we both probably feel that because that, that was true for writing the book. Like we became, yeah. um, you know, stay-at-home moms who had a Facebook page and, you know, we worked really hard at that, but then it became, you know, we also do this, we're going to release this book and we're going to write this book and our workload got pretty heavy. Um, you know, meanwhile, like we're very normal people. Nothing got taken off of our plates. Like we don't have nannies or chefs or maids or <laughs> Yeah. Um, no, I'm just kidding. If only. No. If, if only. <laughs> if only. I know. Like, um, yeah, yeah. I was telling y'all this before the show. One of my friends was like, "Are you about to be a millionaire when this book comes out?" And I was like, "Oh my word, no, <laughs> no. I don't know. <laughs> no writers, um, in general, are not flowing in the cash." Um, <laughs> but let's talk about some ways. Like that well, so I mean, your your theory just, and especially people who move around a lot, I think we're all a little more fluid these days, and that's really where it hits hard. Like, I mean, I've had a, lot, I mean, to be honest, I feel very fortunate. I feel like I'm social, so I've had good friends. But like, I remember moving to Birmingham ten years ago, and I was relatively new to the town, and I feel like I I remember one specific instance where you know some girl came over to my house and she had a child, you know, little boy, my son's age, and I don't know, she was over there, and I was just so excited. And maybe she said like five things that resonated with me and I got super excited. And I was like, oh my God, okay. I think I found a best friend. Like you're going to be my new friend and we're going (laughs) to hang out all the time. It's going to be awesome. And it's going to be great. Thanks for coming over. And she gave me like the funky eyes and I could see her backing away towards the door and she kind of scooped up her (laughs) kid. And I'm like, that was the last I've seen of her. And and it's like resonated with me of like, oh my gosh, like I'm not creepy. I'm relatively normal, but I got so excited, right? Because you're just, sometimes you're just looking for a buddy you know oh my gosh I always say that I was like that at like every coffee shop I went to I didn't have any like close friends so I was like sitting in the drive-thru for like an extra five minutes connecting with my baristas because I'm like you guys will be my best friends right (laughs) like so I've just been going through this stuff and how are you (laughs) They must have been like, please move along. <laughs> I, did that. I wrote about that in the book when I first moved to the town where I live now. I knew no one. And I would get like my big place, I'd go to the grocery store and I'd be like, oh my gosh, I love shredded cheese too. Do you want to hang out? <laughs> yeah. And and you both seem like very well-adjusted, lovely people, but no, it's sometimes you can come on too strong. So what are ways to soft pedal friendship? Like you're okay, you're how are, how are we doing that? I probably still come on too strong if I'm honest and just hope that it sticks. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a good question. I think it's just remembering that there are a lot of people who are also lonely. So to just feel, to remember stepping into it, you're not the only one, you're not crazy. There's nothing wrong with you and just be confident in that. And I think just initiate something do you want, do you want to go get coffee with me sometime and then just see where it goes? And remember, it does take 200 hours. So you don't have to get everything done in your first hangout. You don't need to th- them to know your entire life story in that first time. You have lots of hours to get close. I find that the 200 hours has been very freeing um, in my mind. Well, and that's why that's one reason you sometimes are so close with your college, you know, girlfriends or, you know, your, your, childhood friends. It's just because you've put in that time and it was effortless. You didn't even know it. You were just thrust together. Right. And then sometimes as adults, you're like, why do I like you? You're not even anything really like me, but ah, I've logged like a thousand hours with you. Like you're in. It's too late to go back and change. Now it's just like, oh, that's the funny friend or that's the friend with this like really weird quirk that you totally are accepting of. But the irony is that if you met them today, you wouldn't, you know, naturally mesh up with them. 
totally yeah well so and the true. thing is to remember like we're all people and so we change constantly who we are change um how we think you know it just it changes in our seasons in life for sure change you know because mm-hmm. your kids grow up and they get bigger and sometimes you work and sometimes you're a stay-at-home mom. like seasons change and and we change in our friendships have a tendency to change along with that you know and that that is also kind of natural it doesn't feel good but it's natural okay mm-hmm. Okay. So the 10 straight up lies we believe about friendship. I didn't know there were lies about friendship. What are these lies? Oh man. There's just so many. One of those. Give us us the lies that people (laughs) most fall for and the lies that people are shocked. One of the, the biggest ones in our culture right now is that popularity will equal connection. Cause we're looking, we're on social media. We're following these people with a million followers or whatever. And it seems like they must feel connected. They must feel like they belong. And it leads us to filter our life, like to give this beautiful package out to the world. Like if I, if I look this way, if I have a house that looks like this, if my pictures have beautiful white light and everything looks amazing, then I'm going to feel, people are going to like me and then I'm going to feel like I belong. And it's just not true. Like close, close connection, you're actually required to take your filters off and be authentic and real. And no amount of popularity is ever going to give that to you. So, and it's, it's the opposite. It's the exact opposite thing. So I think that's a really big one to remember or to think about. Another one is, um, I, (laughs) another one is that these friendships will happen overnight. We already kind of talked about that and that it takes time. It takes time. Another one is that if we're just honestly bad friends that our friends should understand, like if I go MIA, then they should understand. But the truth is we all have rough seasons where we don't have a lot to invest in our friendships and that's okay. But if that's a lifestyle, you're not going to come out the other side with good friendships. Oh, that's such a good point. Yeah. Like we all all have rough seasons. Like that's totally understandable. But if you're never, if you're never returning texts, if you're never calling, if you're never pursuing, like I see lots of memes that say things like you should understand it's just a rough season. I'll see you in 20 years. I get it. I totally get it, but you're not going to have the deep friendships you want if that's the way you live. Cause you have to, you have to show people that you love them. You can't just say it. Oh, yeah, I've started so liking cool. the phrase lately, like the door swings both ways. You know, yeah. if uh, you gotta, you gotta kind of give back if someone, it's got to come from both sides, right? Yeah. Well, and it's one where I think people forget that like the only plants that grow are the plants you water. That's it. Those are the only plants that grow. So if you want good friendships, you will have to water it. You will have to nurture it. You can't, um, I don't keep a lot of plants alive in my house to be perfectly <laughs> honest. They don't die. And it's normally because I neglect them. They don't grow mm-hmm. on their own. And it really is the same way with friendships. If you don't prioritize it, if you don't treat it like you care about, it, if you don't spend any time on it, it's not going to grow and, and you can't expect it to, you know, yeah. you just can't expect it. Okay, I have a question for you guys. And this might, this is, I'm really curious to hear your thoughts. This is something I think about a lot. So I have this podcast I do with Graham. I meet so many cool people through the podcast, like y'all. And then I'm also in school online and I moved across and it's a, I'm in a mentally health counseling program. So we're talking, it's very personal and you're really getting to know people. And then I moved across the country. So I have a lot of friends on the other side of the country. And I feel like if I wanted to, I could exist with a very full life with many, many friends that are all virtual. And I don't think that's healthy. I think yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's hard because it's like, wow, I could live an entire life with people I only see through screens, you know, except for right. on the weekend. And it's, I will tell you, it's tempting because it's easy. But yeah, like, right. I, I feel like that's the other thing that we have to overcome as a culture is this idea of like these friendships that I can turn on and off when it works for me. And yeah. that's hard because real life, it's more about, well, let's find a time that works and let's make an effort. And, 
you have right. to love them. So it's just an interesting fact because they, they are great friendships, but like, is that enough? And should we pretend it's enough? No, and I, cause I think that's one, I think everybody kind of wants Jess and I to say, online friendships are amazing. Look at what we have, you can have this too. And that's true. Online friendships are amazing. And Jess and I have a very close relationship but Jess has her own set of friends out there in California who are taking care of her when I can't. I can't bring Jess soup when she's sick. I mean, I can door dash it, but I can't bring it. I can't go be like, Jess, I'm going to grab your kids and take care of them today so you can rest. Like, I can't take care of her in the same way that someone who's close in proximity to her can. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. But I, and so I we yeah. say that. So like, easy. we supposed to love the people around us. Like, we really do have to nurture that you know, um, that close, I feel like they're like almost like different levels, um, of really like, even like, um, connecting with people. And we've gotten really lazy in that because, you know, I feel like connecting with someone on social media is fine, but that's kind of a weaker connection. The next after that you have texting, um, which is fine, but it's not super, you know, a text isn't super personal either. You can't see the person, you can't hear them. Um, and then after that, you've got a phone call. And then I feel like there's hanging out in real life. It's like the ultimate connection. Right. But it's, this is the, this is the trouble, right? So I was buying boots yesterday or on Sunday. Yeah, that was yesterday. I was Wait, buying what boots. kind of boots? Cowboy boots? No, this Wait, is the pro this, you are opening such a can of worms here, Amy. This is the problem <laughs> with the boots that I was buying is I, I moved from the West coast to the East coast. I'm very troubled by how to dress in cold weather. Okay. And I oh, noticed fair. that a lot of people look very cute wearing dresses with long heeled boots instead of jeans all the time or pants all the time. So I, that, that was the, that was the boots I was looking for, but I could decide whether to go with the stiletto heel, which was very pretty or the heel that was not going to hurt me and make me want to die after three minutes. And so <laughs> yeah. what I did was I took a picture of both sides of my body wearing the two different boots and I texted Graham. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now here is the problem that is an easy text to make but like should i have texted my local friends and then like which boot people and then th see that's the problem is like when you have the people you really love and trust who you can text a picture of yourself in boots but that could have been a moment to be like i'm gonna reach out to my next door neighbor who i really should know better because she's lovely and who also <laughs> knows I mean, my is. climate yeah <laughs> it is a good opportunity i am one who texts all the people <laughs> i'm texting amy i'm texting my friends that live here i'm texting everyone those boots but you know yeah, what you've saying. Gotta, i think you've got yeah to have i someone, do i do it, but it needs to be if i just got a random text of someone asking me about shoes from someone i had not logged 200 hours with i think that would that would be a little slightly off-putting it would be off-putting but guess what how am i going to get to the 200 hours there i go i, I know i know like, it's a head scratcher yeah, well, that's what that's the problem. Like if someone that's kind of a semi acquaintance was like, hey, Amy, what do you think about these two boots? I think I'd be like, okay, I feel so important because you right. value my opinion right. here. Right. Exactly. It would too. have been a bridge building moment. Right. And then the right. other thing I want to throw out there is usually we talk about obviously being nice and kind to people. Are we allowed to say bad words on the show, Graham? I always forget our policy. Medium. It depends. Every now okay. and then they'll flag us, but go for it. Okay. So <laughs> I had a friend who said to me, gosh you're such an asshole you never text back and it was the moment we became good friends because i'm like oh you're not being polite anymore like you're annoying yeah. i love that you yeah. told me and that was like yeah. when i when she became like my real friend yes so there is something that i'm that. not yeah i'm not being like sweet nice like dude text me back you did answer my question it was great well i think too that it's really those moments like we can overthink like is this too much is this not enough like is this okay to say honestly that's kind of the way you find your people though yes. like if someone is like oh yeah you called me an asshole i'm 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 out I'm then out. okay uh see you later <laughs> like but but it can lead to a really awesome connection because you're starting to let the real you come out right you're right. like showing that real piece of you and, and so it yes. really gives a person an opportunity to decide whether they, they want to go further or they're like slowly okay, unpeel, you're bit. unpeeling yeah. the onion here. Yes. yes. And she wasn't, and she wasn't obviously doing it in a real way. It was more like, right. you know, it was like a silly, like you're the world's worst texter, you know? Yeah. It was silly. But she told you the truth. But she told me, she yeah. called me out. She truth. didn't say, oh, it's fine. I don't mind. 
So yeah, that was a lovely moment of friendship building. Yes. yes I have become I love very, that. like I have changed so much in what I value in a friend that it's just, it's changed as I've gotten older that I used to be very, um, I don't know. It used well, to be really easy. It used to be very easy to hurt my feelings, I think, where I was like, and I did not want to fight. I did not want to argue at all, like at all. I wanted no confrontation. But what I found that those friendships, they were kind of delicate because if you're logging 200 hours with someone, there is going to be at least one moment where, where you get on each other's nerves. There's, there's gotta yeah. be, right? And so I didn't want it. I didn't want confrontation, but I wanted the intimacy and I, I don't know, like it just, it felt delicate. And so the moment that somebody's feelings were hurt, it couldn't be talked about. It couldn't be discussed. It was like off limits to say how you really felt. And those friendships were fine, but they didn't really last. And so now I really value the friends. Like I had a conversation with a friend the other day, like I love her so much that I'm going to tell, I, I don't want to like I want our friendship to be good. And so I called her and I was like, Hey, I am always the one who calls you. And I'm always the one who reaches out first. Mm. And, and she straight up, she laughed and she was like, yeah, I could be better. I could be better. And you know what? That was it. That was the whole thing. It was done easy. And now, you know, it, it feels good. And now I know that relationship is a, a safe space. It can handle honesty and I know that when we get on each other's nerves and when we get angry or when we disagree, that friendship is not going to be easily broken. And I value that more than anything else. I like that. Okay. So I'll tell another thing that came up as far as making adult friends, you know, for those that have husbands, significant others, partners, um, you know, that can be a problem when you meet someone that you enjoy spending time with. And then, you know, you'd like to go out for you know, you really like to get your 200 hours in. So you'd like to go out for a couple's <laughs> dinner, but the spouses don't gel. So do you have any advice or Love thoughts about, because that's a real big part of, um, you know, you only have, you can only cut the pie so many ways and yeah. we've got families and obligations. And then you're like, okay, okay. I made it. It's Saturday night. I can go out. Like, I like this girl. I would like her to be my friend, but Oh, my husband, like, really isn't into her husband, you know, or whatever. Yeah, totally. Um, and that is just like, oh, wah, 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 you know? So what do you do for that? Cause that is hard. And then you feel like I you're know. siloed into this cloistered thing where you can only go out with the girl if you're, you know, going out on your own and it's just head spinning. I think you have, I, I mean, I think you have to recognize it for what it is. Like friendships, where it's not going to be mutual with your with your spouse or significant other then that becomes more of a girl time hangout type of thing but I really I mean maybe this is an unpopular opinion I don't really know but I really I kept like looking and looking until we found some some couples that we both mesh with Mm -hmm. because that was a big deal to me even if it's just one couple right yeah, that it was makes a big life deal. So much and easier. it took a while and I kind of had to let go of them where my husband's like, I really don't connect. And I'm, I can, be, I, I can be over positive. I'm like, I, but I think you do. Do you remember when you <laughs> laughed about that thing? I am pretty sure. Like I saw a moment between you guys and I was like, wow, that's your new best friend. And he's like, my right. husband's like way more like dry and like, He's like, no. And I mean, I definitely tried to push a few of them. I was like, no, you love each other. I saw it. (laughs) He's like, no, I don't. I really, I really tried to force it with a few and I've, I've learned to let that go. Like that's never going to happen. It's okay. Like, Oh, that's so funny. I've done that too. It's going to be a different kind of friendship and that's okay. But I I have finally found a few that he genuinely does love and we love them both. And that is, mm-hmm. that is a special, mm-hmm. special gift for sure. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like it's almost easier to just be like, I'm going to pick my friends and then I'm going to let you pick a couple friends. And if I like them, like I'd rather be in the approval position because I feel like, yeah, oh, we've, say, oh, we've had so many fights harder. about this. It yeah. might even be harder for guys to make friends. I wonder. I, I it really, it, I think so. I Especially think it is if you're like low, fewer friends. If you're looking for like a deeper connection, I feel like that's really hard for guys to like 
That's it's so funny know. though that Kirsten and you all mentioned this because this is a hundred percent true, right? Is like I have my friends. It's easier for me to find them, and then I'll let my husband pick the couple friends because usually I'm more accommodating and can you know yeah. tolerate slash enjoy the wives, even if like they wouldn't be you know. I mean, I'm not speaking to anyone specifically, but like you know, you may not. They may not be your all Graham's leader. couple friends are thinking. Is it me? Am I the one <laughs> tolerating? But it's you're happy to like, I'm like, but, I love everybody. I'll be anybody's friend. Right. Yeah. You're happy to kind of acquiesce just so long as your husband can be happy with like, who they're hanging totally. out. Totally. I yeah. just want to leave my totally. house and go to dinner. Okay. You know who ruins it for me on the same vein? My kids are such party poopers about what kids they'll hang out with. Mm. That drives me bananas. Cause we, again, this is all related to our move. Like they didn't have a choice when they were two months old. So they logged in all these 200 hours, but now. They are like real people and they're picky. And, you know, I just got to like hold them hostage again in front of Disney. But those days are done. So that's probably. Just I've definitely I've definitely done the same thing with my kids. Like, no, you love them. They're yeah. I saw it. You are going to be best friends. And they're like, no. <laughs> I'm always like, well, just give them another chance. Just give them another chance. And then they like, give them another chance. And they're like, mom, no. And I'm like but give them one more chance and let's try one more time. Cause maybe, maybe this will be the time. And kids are like, I have found that a lot of time it is really easy to just have the party, throw all the kids together. And kids are very good at creating fun. Like they're yeah. very good at creating fun. And so even if they don't leave and they're like, I want to be best friend with that person. Kids are pretty good about being like, oh, I had a good time with them. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How old are your kids? My nine, mine are nine, eight, and five. So mine are younger. See, but my nine mine, is pretty opinionated on who he wants to be friends with. Okay. Mine are 14, 12, 10, and eight. But honestly, our closest friends' kids are a lot younger. So my 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 eight-year-old is be- best friends with all my friends' kids. My older kids kind of do their own thing, or they are like the babysitters. But they all have like this sweet, like close relationship still. Sure. And that's, that's, that kind of speaks to what you guys were talking about with the seasons, though, too. There is a point where it's like the kids really have to get along because, yeah. you know, you're going to be bringing them everywhere you go or spending a million dollars on babysitters. So yes. now yeah. we're now at the or, or like you're looking for a friend to go to the zoo with or to go to the children's mm-hmm. game with. And yeah. you know, now, now we're at the stage where it's like, oh, you know what? If if our kids don't line up, we can still be friends because, right. you know, they don't need to be with us every second. So that's that's also a really good point for our listeners who have kids in all different age stages that that is seasons as well. Okay. This is a weird question since you're parenting experts or since you're friendship experts, I should say. Um, <laughs> yeah, parenting, like, we'll no. just we'll every, <laughs> every hat you want. But I had a friend the other day admit something that I thought was very vulnerable and we're very good friends. Um, and I just, this is not about making new friends, but this is just, I think it was a very honest thing that she admitted to me um, is that, you know, she's, moved around a lot and, um, and just said, you know, and just talking about always moving and having to make new friends and new locations that, um, and I don't know if this is a phenomenon or if you've ever experienced this, like you'll get almost kind of like a local archetype in your mind. Like there will be one girl in the town or a woman, I should say in the town. And she, she may not even, she likely is not your friend, right? But, or, but she sticks in your mind and you spend so much time thinking about this one person, right? And kind of how they relate to the town and how they're navigating the town and how their time is. Does that make any sense to you? I, I just feel like, like what the she, queen bee of the town. Basically. Yeah. Kind okay. of the queen bee of the town or just whatever it is. You like just get this. Queen. Yeah. You just get this one person stuck in your mind is like, well, that's the one that, you know, has there, and you might not even want to be friends with that person, but you just, and, and she was, she said it in a wonderful way of just, she spends countless hours thinking about, and this is a normal, wonderful, very like, you know, a person who has a lot of friends, right? This wasn't a strange thing. And it just made me think, I wonder how many other people have that going like, on. That's like trying to connect like with that person or like getting their yeah, approval kind of. Maybe, but also just spending time, spending a lot of mental energy thinking about someone who's not even really your friend, but maybe in your ether. But I this abstract we- archetypal person that, you know, that's local to you, I guess. I- 
I think it's like, I think sometimes things from high school carry over and they just do, they care. I mean, you know, they carry over from like, we. I don't know. It just carries over that same mentality of here's the cool table, you know, Mm -hmm. um, here's the cool table and I have to sit there. I have to sit there. And I, I just think sometimes we carry that into adulthood, but I know for me, there was a moment where I I really kind of did feel like that. I felt like there was a group that I really, really wanted to be friends with. I really wanted them to accept me and be part of their group. And then I realized, hey, you don't even, well, I don't know what you're doing. You don't fit there. Like, that's not a natural fit, whatever. You can definitely be friendly with them. Mm-hmm. But like, you just wrote a book with the word sweatpants in the title. Like, you're <laughs> not cool. Right. <laughs> let it go. Right. Be, and when do, when do we get fancy. to that point? When do we ever let ourselves get to that point where we're like, okay, well, I'm just going to let that go. I think when we really know who we are and we really get, comfortable with who we are and kind of like just accept ourselves as we are that we can go okay this is adulthood there's not one cool table there's not one table there are tons of tables I can create I can create my own table right now right here and I can find other women who need this place to sit and I can invite them Mm -hmm. and um just kind of realizing because I do think we think that sometimes I do think we think there's like a cool group in town or like the cool mom's club um and I think really when we get the more comfortable we get with ourselves the more self-aware we are that we can realize, no, good for them. I'm so glad that they have their table, but I'm going to come over here and I'm going to create my own and it's going to be a little different, but it's going to be what fits me. I think too, like, it's really easy, at least for me to hyper-focus. Like I, something that I have realized is that I don't want to try to be friends, close friends with people that clearly don't really like me, which maybe that seems super obvious. But if I'm trying to change myself or I'm really trying so hard to like make them like me because I, I tend to, like I said, hyper-focus, like if this person, Mm -hmm. if I'm feeling like they don't really accept me or I don't think they are enjoying who I am right now. I'm like, how do I make them love me? Mm. I shall win (laughs) them over. Yeah. But it's really important to like slap yourself on the face and be like, okay. Well, it becomes, it becomes a game almost, right? Like that's how in a way we flirt with men, right? Or, you know, when you're single, right? You're like, okay, well, that's a really good point. I'll just really in, really in, really in, really in. Okay. Gotcha. Like, and you know, So for me, yeah. So for me, I actually have to like mentally be like, okay, you are going to shift that. Listen, Jess, Mm -hmm. that person does not enjoy you. (laughs) That's okay. Like move your focus elsewhere. Cause that's a lot of mental energy to invest in how will I win them over mm-hmm. that I could be just investing in my 200 hours with friends that actually like, like me. I mean, that's yeah. a novel idea because yeah. you can kind of pick that up from people, right? Like you're like, Oh yeah, you're you, we, we jive. And then sometimes like, we do not jive. I shall make us jive. And that's <laughs> Just stay, stay away from that. And Graham, I think as you're talking, Graham, I'm also, I, I don't know if I have it 100% clear what she's saying, but I think it's also sort of like this, it's like using friendship. And this, what's funny about her example is it's not even a real person. It's like a, a, a mythical archetype. I think it's just mm-hmm. like another way of like, am I doing it right? You know, like, do I have yes. a nice house? Yeah. Do I have a good enough body? Are my kids well-behaved enough? Like, am I friends with the, like, the mo- like if the perfect insert your town name here, mom was in the room. Would I be her best friend? Would she invite me to her book club? Well, that's what I'm saying. We were used to, we compete on so many levels, right? Competition is just in so many aspects of our life that it's like, well, okay, let me compete on the friendship ring. Okay, we are almost about out of time, guys, but we have to ask you a really important question. Will you be our friends? (laughs) (laughs) Friends with us? Yeah. We logged 40 minutes. I feel like it's what do we have? So close, guys. 199 hours to go. Um, no, I wanted to, we want to ask you guys about what a sweatpants friendship is. I, okay. So I think a friendship, like a sweatpants friend is just going to be someone who knows you good and bad, knows you, accepts you, and you can be your full self around. Like there's no tiptoeing. There is no um, second guessing every single thing that you say and going, but do I measure up? But am I good enough? Is she going to drop me tomorrow? Mm. Um, over this one small thing is sort of that like level of comfortability of knowing like, no, this is someone who really knows me and they really love me. And I think we're in this together. And, um, 
Like if I need to go raid the fridge at her house, I can raid the fridge at her house. Or if I'm driving across town and my kid needs to poop or something, I can go to her house and she will let us in. Like to me, there's just a level. Yeah, that was a weird analogy, but (laughs) there's just like, there's just, I I think it's because I've had to do that before with one friend. Absolutely. No, it's like the level of being comfortable that, you know, Mm -hmm. you're okay there. You know, yeah, I agree. I agree. Amy and Jess, you two are absolutely lovely. Um, we're so grateful for you coming on our show. You're funny, you're friendly, um, you're warm. So thank you for sharing your time with us today. And for anyone who's looking for a little bit of a deeper dive into friendship, in case you need a little refresher course, we definitely recommend I'll be there, but I'll be wearing sweatpants, finding unfiltered real life friendships in this crazy chaotic world. Ladies, that is a long ass title. We said ass three times. So we've already earned an explicit rating on the show. So. <laughs> but, but I like it. It's really good. And it's I very real and very My- genuine. I think everybody should put the word sweatpants in the title of their book because like, then that's how people expect you to show up from that point forward. (laughs) Like if you're going to speak at their event, they're like, are you wearing sweatpants? If you're going on good morning America, they're like, are you wearing sweatpants? Like people just expect the bar is so low for what they expect of you. It's amazing. And your husband's like, why have you ordered five new pairs of sweatpants? And you're like, because it's my job. (laughs) (laughs) It's my brand. (laughs) How do you want me, exactly how do you want me to sell this book wearing jeans I can't do that that's true uh, story true story that's really you guys are funny like really funny and we thought Graham, after funny. this can we schedule a meeting of how to change our podcast name to put sweatpants in it like, yeah it'll help, our, it'll help our seo as well because we'll pick up uh like clothing titles all right everyone have a wonderful day thank you for your thank time thank you y'all so much bye welcome home And that's all we have from Kirsten and Graham. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Welcome Home. If you're interested in hearing more from the iconic best friend duo, please subscribe, tell your friends about us, and follow us on Instagram and Facebook for giveaways and other exciting updates. Until next time, welcome home.